Apparently, the Big Ten and Oregon have started talks on what it would look like if the Ducks joined the conference. We'll go over that also. What do we know about the latest in quarterback battles that still have yet to be decided as the season grows nearer? And when will we learn, once the season does start, who is legit and who is not in the Big Ten? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Nate Dickinson with you. After some technical difficulties we have for you today, Locked On Big Ten for your Tuesday. Coming up on today's show, the latest news regarding Big Ten expansion, a look at the latest in quarterback battles as the season is less than a couple of weeks away for most of these teams, and also when we will, fi- when we will find out when each team is legit this season. I've pinpointed a game for each squad as to whether or not I think by that game, I think with that game we'll know if that team is for real or not for real, of course, based a little bit on the expectation too. Before we get to any of that, the show today brought to you in part by Bet Online. We'll get to that in a minute. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. We keep you up to date on everything you need to know on what's going on in the conference. Okay, let's dive right into the latest news regarding Big Ten expansion, and it involves the Oregon Ducks. According to a report from Brett McMurphy of Action Network, it is Oregon who is apparently taking the next step to potentially joining the Big Ten by just starting the conversation. And that's really all the report is here for McMurphy. He's been doing, to be quite honest, a pretty great job of keeping people in touch on what's going on behind closed doors here. And he continues to be one of the leaders in this expansion talk with the news that the Big Ten and Oregon have started some sort of a discussion. Now, the specifics on what that discussion is exactly is still very, very foggy. At, on one end, Oregon's AD was not there. Outgoing President Mike Schill was not there, who's leaving to come to Northwestern. And also Kevin Warren was not there, Big Ten Commissioner, of course. So the biggest players have not even sat down at the table here. But of course, the Big Ten is always, it seems now, looking at the next move. And that might very well be the Oregon Ducks. It doesn't seem like Notre Dame's coming along anytime soon. So if the Big Ten does want to expand more, Oregon may be the way to go. And I did learn some things when reading the latest reports from Brett McMurphy, too, about what exactly expansion means for the Big Ten further along the road. As he pointed out in his reporting here yesterday, the Big Ten has an expansion clause, an uh, escalator clause, as he phrased it, as to what happens if the league gets even bigger. So right now you're looking at $7 million and a total of what is going to end up being around 7 to $8 billion per year. If the Big Ten gets even bigger, that number can go up to close to $10 billion in total money over the seven years, according to the reporting from McMurphy. If that is the case, then the Big Ten is going to expand as soon as possible. Because more money is always good. 
And I feel like Kevin Warren's still on the game plan of let's get bigger as quickly as possible. So while Oregon just having a conversation here, I don't think is really big news. Again, the heads of each side were not even present when the conversation happened. So I don't know who talked. I don't know what they talked about. But this reporting that an initial conversation has been had, when you put it on top of the fact that the Big Ten has been very open about expanding more, and you put that on top of what we talked about Kevin Warren had said to Bryant Gumbel on Real Sports as closely as less than a week ago, all that put together makes me kind of want to lean back on my take that we're done with expansion at least until the next offseason. Becoming and making a new conference or making a new power structure among the college football conferences, I always had thought was an off-season game. It always has been an off-season game. But as far as making just getting the deals done, about saying, hey, Oregon, come join the Big Ten in 2025, why not do that in the season? If you're a guy who, like Kevin Warren, has proven he wants to do things quickly here. Kevin Warren's shown he's not here to play by the rules. He's not here to stick to the Midwest slash Northeast that the Big Ten has stuck to before. He's going to go get USC and UCLA. He's not here for the idea that they shouldn't be saying, yeah, let's add every single team out there. He's not here to not ruffle feathers. So when you talk about what could be next as far as what has been the most forward-moving commissioner out of all the Power Five, The next step could be saying, all right, Oregon, it may be the middle of December, but let's get this deal done. Because the Big Ten right now is on top. At least of the headlines for the moment, and until football starts, it's going to stay there. How does the Big Ten stay on top? Not just in the headlines, but in this race for power in college sports. I think it starts by maybe going after a school while we're playing games here, while school is in session. Because again, it's not like they're being added here in the middle of the season or anything like that. There's nothing stopping Kevin Warren from going and having these conversations. So if he's going to keep doing just what he's been doing and say, hey, all the unwritten rules are dumb, then why not add Oregon in the middle of the season? and Stanford or Cal or whoever else it's going to be who's going to be next. Because with that stipulation in the media rights deal, that there's more money to be had if more teams come to the Big Ten, then not only is the Big Ten going to have its pick of schools as it does right now, but also it's going to be able to do things maybe more quickly, but also maybe a little bit more recklessly than they would have before, knowing that there is the safety net of, hey, We should add these schools just because of the extra money that's going to be coming in. Forget about what exactly they bring to the conference. But that's not even a mistake I think the Big Ten makes. Because whoever they add, it's going to be a premier, still premier, school that's looking for a new home. There's plenty of them still all around college sports who would love the invitation. That's, I guess, my biggest takeaway from all of this, is the idea that, at least right now, Everybody here that we have in the Big Ten is prospering, and it's only getting bigger, and it's still only going to happen more quickly and maybe even more unexpectedly than we had thought before. I would not be surprised anymore if we found out middle of the season that the Big Ten was going to get bigger at some point again. 
Kevin Warren's not here to just sit around and watch his football this fall, I don't think. And that is something I thought he was going to be doing, say, maybe a month ago. But even just the stuff and aggression that he's been showing in this last couple of weeks, to me, says, hey, we're not done yet. And we're very much looking into what's next. Which, if you're a Big Ten fan, I think should be a very, very exciting proposition. Because Big Ten needs to get on top. And it's very, very close to it and has been doing all of the right things. In other news from around the Big Ten top headlines, Indiana has a starting quarterback. Illinois has a starting quarterback. We're going to talk about both of those situations still because we don't know who they are. Uh, Both Tom Allen and Brett Bielema announced within the last 24 hours that they have their starting quarterbacks and the teams know who they are, but they are not going to be making any announcements until the season starts for Indiana a week from Saturday and for Illinois this Saturday against Wyoming. So if I had to guess, well, you know, we'll get to the guesses later on in the show when we talk about these battles, but that's the news right now. A quarterback has been decided for Illinois and Indiana, but we don't know who either of them are. A former Indiana quarterback is going to be playing college football again this season, or at least starting for a college football team. Michael Penix Jr. is named the starter earlier today of the Washington Huskies. If you haven't been keeping track of where the former Indiana standout has been, that's where he is, playing in the Pac-12. In other news, the men's soccer preseason poll came out for the Big Ten, that is. The Big Ten rankings among media that cover the teams. Penn State's on top, and I'll real quickly run through nine Big Ten teams that there are in the conference. It goes in order. Penn State, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Seven of those teams will start their seasons on Thursday. Uh, The other two will be on Friday afternoon as the Ben's soccer season gets underway. Finally, recruiting update before we dive into all of the quarterback talk and team talk getting ready for the football season. A future Michigan State Spartan commits over the weekend four-star defensive lineman Jalen Thompson. Committed actually yesterday, it was Monday, to Michigan State. Out of Detroit, big guy, 6'3", 245. We'll talk to John Garcia Jr. about that when we talk to him. We'll, of course, get Matt Sheehan's thought about it as well when we get the Locked On Spartans host back in here next to two. He's now the fourth highest recruit in the Michigan State 2023 class. That class has 11 four-star recruits in it now. Mel Tucker's team is at 20th in the nation right now for this recruiting cycle. Coming up here on Locked On Big Ten, we're going to look at three quarterback battles still going on in the conference. I guess in the last day, a couple of them have ended. But I'll give you my thoughts on what each quarterback is bringing to the table as there's still some uncertainty across the conference with, in some cases, less than a week to go before these teams get on the field. That's what's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, as always, Bet Online is the place to go for any of your sports gambling needs. If you hear a line here on Locked On Big Ten, you hear it from bet online so if you want to bet alongside everything that we're doing here with the conference show you can do it by following along at bet online and not only place your bets but get all of the knowledge that you need to make sure you're up to date on everything you need to know going into the college football season and going into each week everything's changing all the time and what's going on in the sport but also what's going on in the sports betting world as well so if you want to know more and of course, get more out of your dollar too. You can head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, let's get into quarterback battles here across the Big Ten. I have three teams, two of them that we've already mentioned, and a third one that we've talked about a lot on the show already here to go over. Let's start with the one that we've already discussed quite a bit. That's the battle at Michigan. And I have a hard time even calling it a battle because I've made it very, very clear that I do not think either one of these quarterbacks individually is going to just go out and win this job or have this job over the first few weeks. If one of them ends up showing out, we could have a different story. But I am a firm believer that at the very least, we're going to see a big portion of both Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy for this team for this season. Now, I've talked about how I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think I've discussed too much about what I think should be happening here with this squad. And I would be giving McCarthy quite a bit more reps than I think what Jim Harbaugh is going to give him here at the start of the year. I'm not a football insider, but I'm able to read the words of what the other insiders are saying. And you'll remember, when we had the coaches' quotes from Athlon we talked about on the show, and when we've had just really any sort of analysis from people around Michigan and what that team does, it's that the raw talent is with McCarthy. There was, I think, in that quote, coach's quotes, uh, one that stood out to me, saying that he was clearly the more talented quarterback out of the two. So when you're looking at a Michigan Wolverines team that is trying to, quite honestly, do something that seems near impossible, and that's beat Ohio State twice in a row, it's going to be something like a J.J. McCarthy, a, a talent that gets out there and gets it done, right? At least if I'm thinking about it. Of course, Cade McNamara and McCarthy's combination got it done last season. So that asterisk is always going to be there in the fact that, hey, don't fix what ain't broken. But if I'm looking for, like, ceiling for my team here, I want J.J. McCarthy out there. If, again, it is the case that he's just the more talented guy and needs maybe the more polishing. The beginning of the season's when you want to be polishing, right? Michigan's schedule, I mean, Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland. Those are four games where you can put a whole lot of J.J. McCarthy out there without all that much risk of Michigan actually losing any of those games. So if I were the guy here at Michigan leading this team, I put all respect on Cade McNamara and believe in his ability to be able to work this team when he needs to. But as far as who I want to be the starting quarterback, I want to do everything I can to get J.J. McCarthy in that starting job firmly. Because I do believe what I've been hearing and that he is just as far as raw talent, the guy who has the edge. But Cade McNamara has been the game manager for that team. He has the trust of Jim Harbaugh, at least to the extent that it stopped that progression or whatever it would be experience that McCarthy could be getting. I think he's someone who can develop, develop into that kind of a starting quarterback that is the for sure thing, but maybe just hasn't had the chance to as much because of the role that he's played so far. And again, it's still a very young career for J.J. McCarthy too at Michigan. But at this point, I'm looking at the situation and I'm looking at that Ohio State team and how good that is. And I'm wondering, okay, is what worked before going to work again? And if this ends up being a team that has to score a bunch against the Buckeyes, who gives me a better chance? Is it Cade McNamara or is it J.J. McCarthy? And maybe more importantly, 
Would it be Cade McNamara or a J.J. McCarthy that had the weeks of experience being a consistent starter going up to it? Again, I can't say that Jim Harbaugh is wrong because it worked last season. And I'm not even saying I don't have faith that it's something that will work again. But when I'm looking at the odds going into that Ohio State-Michigan game, at least right now, before the season starts, I'm looking at that game and saying, man, that's not one you want to have two quarterbacks for. That's one where you want to know who your best guy is and how to use him perfectly because of what you've seen throughout the season. And I just don't know if McCarthy has those reps out of him yet to be able to say that he wouldn't be that kind of a big, big help if he ended up developing into a full-time guy. I don't know. But at least again, right now, I don't think we're going to see anything too different from what we had seen last season from Michigan. Second battle I want to get to again, we've talked about the other two here, Indiana and Illinois. Now, Tom Allen again announced today that he has a starter. He has not announced it and will not announce it until the Hoosiers take the field for their first game. That'll be against Illinois next week. So that'll be a fun one against quarterback battling teams. But as far as I'm concerned, we have a situation here where, like McCarthy has been said, is the clearly more talented quarterback. It looks like Connor Bazelik might be the more talented quarterback at, uh, at Indiana. And if I had to choose, I would say he's the guy who gets that job or has gotten that job, as Tom Allen told us today. With him, he's a player who not only represents a guy who wasn't terrible for an SEC team, but he represents the new opportunity for Indiana after the disastrous 2021 season for that team. One in which Jack Tuttle, the other guy who is up for this job, got his fair share of opportunities. He didn't step up. And now the Hoosiers are looking at trying to retool and, if they want to be any good this season, entirely reinvent what they're doing here. And a lot of that may go behind a new guy under center. Now, if you're a Jack Tuttle fan, you're going to look at me and say, hey, well, that chance he got in last season wasn't really a full chance. He's never really had a full chance. But with the chances he's gotten, he has not impressed at Indiana. That's just the fact of the matter. And while, yes, he may never really have gotten the full reins with that team, I don't know if he's done enough in what he has had out there on the field to be able to say, okay, this guy is ready to be a week one, this is our guy starter. I don't see that in him. I don't think Hoosier fans see that all in him. And again, if you're a Jack Tuttle fan, you're saying, hey, just let this guy be the starter for however many weeks it is to start the season and see what he looks like when he's gotten, again, full control of this team and this offense. But I just don't see that for him. And I think it will be the Missouri transfer who ends up starting here next weekend. That's at least my prediction for Indiana. In Illinois, I predict that it's going to be Tommy DeVito that we see out there on the field week one this Saturday. Uh, if you look at Illinois, again, playing Wyoming this week, again, another team without too much expectations. Again, neither of these quarterbacks, whoever it is is starting, has too much behind them to really, uh, I guess, any pressure to live up to if you're Indiana or Illinois. But in a battle between Tommy DeVito and Artur Sitkowski, I'm going to go to Vito because, again, he has experience. 
And while Sitkowski has it too, he doesn't really have the same kind of starting experience. Came in as a backup last season after injury. And while he led Illinois to some nice little highlights in the first year under Brett Bielema, I think there's a pretty clear upgrade in what DeVito is at least capable of doing. We'll see if he can actually do it. In 2019 with Syracuse, led the Orange to a 5-7 and seven season. He was good enough in that campaign. Again, never really got the full reins again. If he has them here with Illinois, which I suspect he might, I'm very interested to see how he looks with that offense. Again, not going to make it huge ever, but if they can make Illinois at least a little bit better, then you can see the Illini making those same kind of mini upsets that they had made in the course of last season and being able to fight with some teams in the way that they did, in the way that Big Ten football really does. So as far as the quarterback battles, that's all we have going into the last two weeks of the year. Indiana, Illinois, and then Michigan, if you want to call it a battle there. Not a whole lot to really discuss, I think, is the biggest takeaway, which is a good sign for Big Ten football. People know who their guys are. Even the teams that are not projecting to be as good, they have veteran, experienced quarterbacks there. If you're looking at like even the teams outside of that top, top tier, Peyton Thorne, Tanner Morgan, Sean Clifford, if their teams aren't at the very top, the quarterbacks can elevate them up to try and at least get to a level where they're competing. And across the board, outside of the very bottom of the barrel and a weird situation at Michigan, everyone knows who their guy is, which I think is a good sign for Big Ten football. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten and making us your first listen every weekday. Once again, the ultimate college football preview is here. It's a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm running low on time here, so I'm going to go through this quickly, but I did just kind of jot down as I looked through every team's schedule a point that I think can be the prove-it game for each team. When you talk about a team like Nebraska... We talked about when looking at that game yesterday coming up against Northwestern, how Nebraska isn't going to prove itself in week one, but if it loses that game, it could certainly lose any of the hope that media, fans, pretty much the whole country had for it. And I thought, well, maybe that's not fair. If we're going to give Wisconsin all of this, or Nebraska, all of this hard time just because they're playing against a lesser team and should beat them, then we should point out the games where Nebraska can prove itself too. So I went through the whole schedule and found one game for each team. Uh, There's two teams that were put right in week one as to, okay, right away I think we'll know at least if you're going to be able to live up to whatever expectations you have. The expectations are not high for these teams. And it's a week one matchup against Illinois and Indiana. I put this as the kind of make it or break it game for both of these teams. I think the team that wins this game is going to be able to say, hey, maybe we can be okay in the Big Ten. team that loses it is going to be thinking, dang, we just lost to Illinois. We just lost to Indiana. What is the hope going forward for this season? So those two teams I wanted to get out of the way. Ohio State I want to get out of the way too. The game is Michigan for Ohio State. I thought about being like, well, right off the bat, week one against Notre Dame, you want to be able to prove yourself there. But Even if the Buckeyes were to lose that game, they're not out of the playoff conversation. It's all about Michigan. 
And it took me about 30 seconds to be like, just stop thinking about this. It's all about Michigan. And it's going to be for Ohio State as long as the Buckeyes are at the top in the way that they are. Let's go through the rest of the schools now. Starting with Iowa and the Hawkeyes. Iowa starts off pretty easy. You have the Iowa State game, that's a big one, but not really a prove-it game if you ask me. I think the first opportunity they get to really prove themselves against Michigan Week 5. That's going to be a big game for Iowa. After that matchup, at the end of the season, it's a really, really backloaded schedule for the Hawkeyes. And as Iowa comes into this as an unranked preseason team, received votes, but not in the top 25, I know the Hawkeyes are trying to get some of that respect back. So week five is the first real opportunity to do it. Second conference game of the season. You're playing against a Michigan team that has national championship aspirations, and at the very least will still be thought of as pretty good even if things fall apart in the first few weeks for the Wolverines. But as far as what Iowa has this year, I think they prove that, hey, we're back to being able to contend in the Big Ten if they can at least compete with Michigan. I don't think they even have to win that game. But as long as Iowa doesn't look like a completely outmatched team, the Hawkeyes are looking good to go. Moving on to Nebraska, I think their best chance is Week 7 against Purdue. There's the asterisk, of course, of Oklahoma. If they beat Oklahoma in that game Week 3, that's obviously good enough. But if you don't win that game, I think it's important to note that Nebraska doesn't, again, have a chance to prove itself until Week 7, middle of the season. That's really the only other time they're playing a team where it's like, oh, that team's even kind of decent as you look up and down the schedule. So for Nebraska, Week 7 against Purdue. For Northwestern, I have against Maryland in Week, what is, 4? Northwestern, I'm not putting great expectations on. But if you beat a Maryland team Week 4 that maybe has a rough start to the season, I don't know if they do or not, but I'm just trying to kind of throw stuff up against the wall and see what happens, you know? But for that Northwestern team, if you can, again, go out and beat Maryland... You're looking at a team that's going to be able to, at the very least, say, hey, maybe we're getting a little bit better. Maryland's, uh, by the way, week eight. I believe I said week four before. They play Miami of Ohio week four, similar logo. But that's kind of the point, too. You have Penn State in there. You have Wisconsin. I think the Maryland game, any three of those, really, but the Maryland game can be a last chance, maybe, to really prove yourself before going into what's going to be a really tough schedule for Northwestern overall. They're straight through with a bye week in between. Schedule to start off the Big Ten. You got Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, and Purdue, all in a row in the middle of that season. Those are all teams that I think are going to be at least decent enough in the Big Ten and should be good enough to beat Northwestern. I don't think Northwestern is legit, but if they're going to try and at least build some momentum, that Maryland game is the one I put down. I need to go quicker here, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, Purdue I have against Minnesota. That game is in week five. It'll be the first real test for them after playing Penn State to start the season. So if there's a slip up there, Purdue can get back on track by beating the Gophers, a team with very similar aspirations, similar rankings in the preseason polls too. For Wisconsin, against Ohio State week four. Again, a game you don't have to win. Ohio State's really, really good. But as long as you don't look totally outmatched against the Buckeyes, like with the Iowa team against Michigan, then you can say, okay, this team's ready to compete for the Big Ten West again. Finally, Minnesota against Michigan State week four. One of my top five games of the first month. This is going to be a huge one. I'm really excited to watch it. 
And once again for Minnesota, you start the season with three what should be pushover games leading into what are going to be two really big games against Michigan State and Purdue back-to-back weeks. You win one of those, you say Minnesota is ready again to be right there in the conversation in the West as well. Once again, rolling down, Maryland I have against Purdue Week 6. If Maryland's going to be good this year, they got to be able to compete with a team like Purdue or Michigan State the week before that. Those are the games that you want to be able to win that you couldn't win before. Again, Maryland's been okay. Talia Tungvaloa, I think, can have breakout potential. Those are the games where we see, okay, is this guy legit? Michigan, I put against Michigan State Week 9. It's a big hurdle for them to try and get back over beating the Spartans. But of course, Michigan does have higher aspirations. I just think that if you're going to, again, go to the Big Ten title game, I think Michigan fans are thinking a lot more about that Michigan State game than maybe they normally would in comparison to the Ohio State game. Not the same level still, of course, but what you have there in that matchup has been ignited a little bit more again. Penn State, I have Minnesota in Week 8. They do lead off once again against Purdue and play Minnesota a week after playing Michigan. So if Penn State does get beat up in that game, they've got that Minnesota game kind of sandwiched right in between Minnesota and Ohio State, actually. So really, any of those games in that stretch obviously would be a big, big kind of, okay, we're here again for the Nittany Lions. And then finally, I had Rutgers against Nebraska Week 6, another team I don't expect to do much. Penn State against Minnesota in Week 8. That's just about it. I believe I'm not missing anybody here. Michigan State I had against Wisconsin Week 7. I don't think I'd put that one, actually. So Michigan State plays a Wisconsin team that should be really good. That's sandwiched between Ohio State and Michigan, too. Again, winning any of those games would be really, really solid. I mentioned the Penn State. I don't think I'm missing anyone here. But again, I'm running out of time, so I'll get to the point. The point is, a whole lot of really good football to be had here in the Big Ten, and we're going to find out who's really good at different points in the season, to be honest, just the way that this schedule backs out. I mean, a Nebraska team, if they don't knock off Oklahoma, you're wondering until the middle of the season, okay, was this preseason hype really real? So we'll maybe get more into that when we have some more time. I kind of rushed through everything there, but for now, thank you for listening as always into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson, your host. We'll be back tomorrow with anything you need to know on what's going on around the Big Ten Conference, and I'll be sure to fill you in on it right here on the program or online. It's Locked On Big Ten, 10, not T-E-N, wherever you get podcasts, YouTube, and also on Twitter as well. I'm at Nate with Sports. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.